and we're live. And we're live. So uh, this is uh, Rico, Rico from Puerto Rico, and I am coming to you guys live on my podcast, Visionary Living, and I am featuring a very awesome guest with me today, um, Keegan. Keegan, please introduce yourself. Thank you so much. That was such a great introduction. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, hi, I'm Keegan Mills, and I am here to talk about a lot of beautiful things on this Visionary Living podcast. Um, I am a yoga teacher, life coach, um, been doing leadership trainings, leadership development for a number of years. I'm also a doula. So. Oh, what's that? Oh, doula. I <laughs> got you excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doula is a birth, birth coach. Basically. Oh, wow. So I work with families and specifically the pregnant person in uh, supporting them through the delivery of their baby, oh, but wow. usually coaching families before, during, and after labor. Wow, that's really cool. Um, yeah. I didn't even know you had that under you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, why don't you guys just uh, stay tuned as we're uh, going into our podcast, um, and we're going to be discussing uh, illuminating thyself. So what does that mean? What does it look what does it mean to look inward? Um, and, uh, and hopefully in our conversation, we can create some awesome value for you guys today. So um, just uh, stay tuned as we start the podcast. So coming back to Visionary Living. So uh, this podcast, Visionary Living, uh, I am, I've dedicated a podcast towards conversations that illuminate how we can live uh, from a place of power. So what does it mean to live from a place of power? Well, in my uh, humble opinion, uh, I find that having a vision or being a visionary and like, what does that mean? I've, I've actually gotten acknowledgments from strangers before that say, man, you're visionary. And for me, for someone who hasn't done like leadership work and like, all that language pops up. It's like, what does that mean? Mm. You know? And so as someone acknowledges me for being visionary and having an expansive uh, mind, the way that I can see the future is like, I can see the possibilities. I could see more possibilities than most. And, and then it's about seeing the um, path. What does it take to get to this possibility that I'm, I'm committed to? Um, so for me, visionary, I, I want to start teaching visionary. I want to like, uh, allow others to step into what that means. And when I say visionary living and, and uh, you know, I don't mean that living a life of circumstance is bad, right? Because if we circumstantially come into millions of dollars, well, I hope that your vision changes us slightly, you know what I mean, to accommodate <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> but um, so it's definitely beneficial to have circumstantial living too. But what is it? And what does it mean to be visionary and to step fully and wholeheartedly into one path? 
So, um, so that's kind of like where I want to take our conversation today. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, what opens up for you when I start talking about that? Like what's the forefront of your mind? Oh man, so much, so much. I, yeah, that's really my jam. That's okay. Just in the sense, I mean, I think that's, I think it was probably about six years ago. Um, yeah, it's just so powerful to think about it in that sense, you know, um, in the sense of standing in the place of power. Mm-hmm. And I got to experience a leadership program a number of years ago, uh, about seven years ago. And a friend of mine, a colleague of mine had come back and he was like, Keegan, and I've been doing leadership programs in colleges and universities. That's my background, actually. Oh, okay. And he had come back and he said, Keegan, I need you. You have got to go to this experience. It's going to transform you. And and so I really admired him as a colleague. I went and it was exactly that. It was thinking about um, how to be visionary mm. and not thinking about it, but actually talking about it. It was having conversations that matter with people, mm-hmm. um, dropping into what our passions are, what our values are, changing the conversation, the context of our conversation. You know, we, I believe that I think we kind of walk around the world, um, having surface level conversations and don't really drop in to think about like, what are you really passionate about? Like what drives you? What motivates you? What do you get up in the morning and you're just so excited to and do? You know, it's funny. And I totally want to speak into that because I'm the guy that makes uh, friends with complete strangers no matter where I go. So if I'm on the, on the subway in New York City, I'm like, hey, man, what's your name? You know, like I almost look like the crazy guy on the train, <laughs> I swear. Um, and, you know, having this kind of background also, I realize that I like to take the conversations deep. And I, and I like mm-hmm. to go there really quickly, like, mm-hmm. you know, within 10 minutes at Denny's with the hostess at the front, we're already crying with each other about what your vision is for your life, you know? Mm-hmm. So I totally get that, like taking it to a deeper conversation, you know, and mm-hmm. what the power is for people and in communicating, what do you like, what are we learning from each other? What are we teaching each other? And, and if every opportunity in life and every moment to moment was an opportunity to learn and grow. Are we really mm-hmm. focusing ourselves on stuff that develops our mind and stimulates our thoughts? Or are we really kind of, like you said, keeping it surface and not, I mean, what does that create? Surface mm-hmm. level conversations. Well, I think it creates disconnection. Hmm. I think it creates um, isolation hmm. and loneliness and comparison. Um, yeah. Those are the things I think of. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, so that brings up something for me. So in, in my successful awareness workshop, we actually talk about something that I call isolation theory, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and quickly, I'll kind of go into a little experiment that was done back in the 70s. So there, back in the 70s, there was this uh, experiment done where the scientist took a bunch of rats and he put all the rats in individual cages. And then uh, he gave each cage two bottles of water. One had just regular water in it and the other one had drugs in it of some kind. I think it was heroin or mm. cocaine. Um, and so what, what he started to watch what the rats would do and like some crazy astronomical number, like 90 something percent of the rats, all of them pretty much would get addicted to the drugs. And most of them would continue to drink it and drink and drink it until they died. Um, and then some could regulate it, but they were wholly on that. They were fully into the drugs, you mm-hmm. know? And so the scientists uh, started to make uh, assessments about addiction based on that. And so another scientist comes in and takes a look at, you know, the experiment and the way that it's controlled, you know, and, and 
And the scientist goes, well, duh, they're going to get addicted to the drugs. They're in mm -hmm. jail cells. You yeah. know, you put me in jail yes. and say, yeah, you want sobriety or some drugs. Yeah. What do you, what do you think I'm going to choose? You know? Um, and so they proceeded to create what's called a uh, rat park and this mm -hmm. experiment, you could look it up. It's called rat park. Um, and so what they did was they created this little like playground where they put toys and tunnels and all kinds of fun stuff. And then they, they took a sample of the rats that were already addicted to the drugs and mm -hmm. put them together in the park. And mm -hmm. then once again, gave them two bottles of water, one that had just water and one that had drugs in it. Mm -hmm. And then they watched what happened. And what do you think happened? Mm, I think they went for the drugs. You would think that they went for the <laughs> drugs, right? Well, what, what actually happened was once they created a social structure, a community, they had friends, they had toys, they had, you know, other brats to play with and, you know, procreate with and all of that, mm -hmm. you know, now the stimuli was different and a, another astronomical number or percentage of the rats start to kick their addiction completely. Mm. So the rats that were already addicted to these drugs based on their experiences now in this environment kicked their addiction and uh, the percentage of rats that didn't, they regulated without like killing themselves. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, the, then they inferred from that, yeah. that addictive behavior really comes from isolation. Mm. You know, it comes mm -hmm. from that feeling of not having mm -hmm. uh, support, not having structure, not having a community, mm -hmm. not having purpose. You know, and so uh, if you can have that community, then you have that support, then you can kick your addictive behaviors. Mm -hmm. But what, and this is what I find, this is what I call isolation theory, which is when, when human beings get in their shit, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, we choose it. Yeah. We then choose to back away from the people that we love. We don't ask for support. We close off. We ignore mm -hmm. text messages and phone calls and we lock our bedroom, put on Netflix and mm -hmm. try and hide from the world. <laughs> and I think we also get something out of that in a way. What do you, you know? mean? Like, like it feels go good to, well, I think of it in the sense that um, it sometimes feels easier. Like it's, it's soothing to just disconnect in a way. Hmm. It's, I think it's harder to actually go out into the world because you're having to actually like be seen be seen and and maybe even connect yeah i don't know no it makes sense there's some scary in connection almost yeah i think well i think there's something scary in connection because i i mean i think that hmm, i think our world has there's been a a feeling that you have to perform hmm. you have to be you know, you can't be suffering, you know? Yeah, I see what you mean. Like on social media, we always post the good stuff, yeah. but we're not mm -hmm. like, man, I'm having a bad day. Mm -hmm. Or at least a smaller percentage of people are willing mm -hmm. to be, be seen in that vulnerable yeah. sense, you know? Yeah. Huh. And, and so how do we bring this conversation back to illuminate, illuminating thyself? That's a good question. Let yeah. me think about that. Right. Well, I think of it in the sense of, I mean, I think it's in the sense of that self-awareness. You know, the, what you're giving the example of with the, the rat mm -hmm. experiment, right? What was it called? Rat park? Rat, rat park. park. Yeah. The rat park experiment is we have a choice, you know, we have a choice and, and we have aware, we get to have awareness around that choice. And I think that illuminating the self is being able to go onto that self-discovery path mm. of identifying when are the ways that I'm in my shit, I'm suffering or mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm deciding to disconnect. I'm mm -hmm. choosing to disconnect. And 
what does support look like to me or what does, how can I transform this? How can I transmute this mm-hmm. experience into something better or something different for myself? Right, right. Um, yeah, you know, um, I, I feel like illuminating the self is kind of like looking at my own behaviors and my own um, participation in the results that I have, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not saying that uh, it's my fault per se, but like from, from a place of like, okay, if I were the one generating my life, mm-hmm. then w- how am I producing these results or how, how am I interacting with the world that would have this show up in mm-hmm. this space, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of people are afraid to look at themselves because we're in that fault or blame game type of society. Mm-hmm. So it ends up becoming like, um, oh, well, you know, if, if it's my, if I'm producing the results, then it's my fault that I'm miserable or mm-hmm. that I don't have the dream life that I say that mm-hmm. I want or that it's impossible for me to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then I think it goes into that downward spiral of just um, like self-hate and then that goes into the isolation because right. you start to go down that path of the blaming game, which turns into, you know, we have a, a, a society of blame and shame. Yeah. It's in our media. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. It's mm-hmm. in, I mean, everywhere you look, it's in blaming and shaming. We have a context of politics. That's like one side or the other. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's always this us and them it's, and that's where the community comes in. I think right. in terms of how can we, connect folks not only to themselves but also to each other to recognize we're all in this same boat together we're not you know there's not you know one person better than the other we're all kind of going down this yeah and it like just to speak into that too like uh you know when we divide ourselves by religion or by countries or by you know nationalities or what what have you it's like honestly we're all on the same planet and if an asteroid hits us, we're all dead. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. We're team earth. You yeah. know? Is there a way we could do that? Yes. And I think, I mean, it sounds very idealistic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of, I, I get a lot of criticism sometimes about, oh, that's so idealistic. And, mm-hmm. but actually, I mean, if we really boil down to it, we're all human beings and we all desire the same things right. generally. To laugh. Yeah. And how can we, food. yeah, <laughs> food. Absolutely. Absolutely. food. Absolutely. <laughs> bathroom. Absolutely. Yes. You know, yeah. we all desire to, you know, deal with our needs, um, sleep, mm-hmm. you know, um, and connection I think is one of the biggest things. Yeah. Uh, and I think connection to ourselves leads us to connection to other people. You know, if we have, if we're so disconnected with ourselves and I think that's where the, the challenges come in is that we we don't even realize that we're in the, these spaces. Yeah, and you know what actually brings up for me when you say that is disconnecting with thyself creates disconnecting with others. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there we go with illuminating myself mm-hmm. is okay. How um, how is my, what I'm producing within internally now showing up in the space out? externally Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so if i'm disconnected from other people it's got to be because i don't have Mm self-love it's because i'm not i'm not seeing myself in a powerful Mm -hmm. place so if Mm -hmm. i'm not powerful then i'm not worthy or deserving Mm -hmm. to be seen Mm -hmm. and i think that's where you were talking about coming you know thinking about um i can't remember what you had said but it was about the choices you know or or not seeing ourselves as responsible seeing us as responsible and i think that's where you you're, when you're coming from a place of power, when you're coming from a place of self-love, you're coming from that place of responsibility, but not blaming yourself right. and recognizing that you have, the, you have the responsibility to change it. Like you have the power to change it. Right. And I know in my own process of that, it's 
it's been a lot of reflection and asking myself questions like, what's the lesson here? Mm. What's, what's, what is this teaching me right now in my life to get me to that next place? Um, rather than the, what was me? <laughs> life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Victim it's mode. always going to be like this or here we go again. Right. And you can do that. And I've done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all, we're all, you know, well, that's just wanting to be right about your be- ability to predict the outcome. So For if sure. you were, if you already knew it was going to be a bad day, as if you knowing it in advance, preminating it was like justification mm-hmm. that it, that it was coming. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed mm-hmm. to what's the silver lining mm-hmm. in this or how can mm-hmm. maybe this is an opportunity for me to exercise my superpower and shift the energy mm-hmm. to have my vision come out mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to the circumstance that is, man, this situation sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for me, I mean, just to speak personally about this, I think one of the things that I've that I've had that breakthrough in that regard is shifting my mindset Mm. and shifting, you know, the intention. And, you know, it's like, I love that you talked about strangers because I think it's so powerful when we open ourselves up to other people. Yeah, totally. And we like let down our guard and let down, yeah, just let, let go of like that fear Mm -hmm. of connection, Mm -hmm. that fear of like, oh, what does this person want from me? Or, you know, what is, you know, well, you know, we're, we're now what that opens up for me is, uh, is that people like, again, like to predict, right? It's almost mm-hmm. like we like to be right about our predictions. So mm-hmm. when it comes to pre- predicting human behavior, mm-hmm. we'll look at a person crossing the street or something like that in our space. And then our mind is, goes to, okay, wait, based on the context that I see, based on what they're mm-hmm. wearing, based on how they look, let me assess I'll use that instead of judge, yeah. you know, uh, let me assess nice way to say it. <laughs> and match them up to my prediction mm. of who they are or what, what they're about or what they bring. Mm-hmm. And then based on that prediction, it has to be true. And so if it's true, then I've already predicted my own behavior in relationship to this person. And so in that, I've never allowed the person to have an opportunity to be different than my expectation. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm either going to avoid them yep. or I'm going to interact with them in a reactive way. So it is just, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. My mind's blowing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, no, that's true though. I mean, it's, it's so, there's so many experiences I can think about that, yeah. you know, in terms of, whew, it's like having me really take a moment to think about how do I show up in those ways? And I think that's where the self-awareness for me comes in place. You know, it's like, okay, I can take that and now I can use that the next time I experience somebody or. And I think that's part of it is is the non-judgment in a way. Right. Non-assessment. Yeah. I mean, non-assessment. assessment and judgment, there's a distinction there, you yeah. know, because an assessment is, is neutral and a judgment puts emotional charges in place, yep. you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So if we can truly be neutral about the assessment and then also be willing to be wrong about our assessment, mm. Mm. you know, like that's not just a fact that, oh, this guy walking with tattoos is probably X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or judging on the... A, based on the color of someone's skin mm-hmm. or their sexual identity and how they, what they prefer, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and any of that really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do you think we don't want to be wrong? Uh, I honestly believe that what it boils down to is a safety protocol, mm. you know, like uh, there's, you know, I, I, I talk about these two distinct thought systems that we, we possess and that one of them is very egoic and its design mm-hmm. is really to keep us safe. 
And in order to keep us safe, we have to, you know, be defending against something. Mm -hmm. And in order to defend against something, we have to be under attack. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like one thought system. Everything that we listen to is filtered through how are we being attacked and how do we keep ourselves safe? Mm -hmm. And so when someone gives you a look or says something, that thought system or that voice all of a sudden goes into their judgments of like, well, what does that mean? And, Mm -hmm. you know, what is that supposed to mean? And, you know, where were you going with that? And then there's this other thought system that's just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, it's a very simple, like loving, peaceful thought system. Mm -hmm. And if we could really pledge allegiance to that, that voice or that thought system, what a different world or what a different relationship Mm -hmm. we'd have to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of also like fear, Mm -hmm. like the fear that we hold. And I also think, you know, you brought up, you know, all these separations that we have. And I, I think part of that is that fear, mm-hmm. um, maybe fear of being caught, you know, like mm. figured out in a way like, Oh, I'm just trying to be safe here. I'm, I'm fearful to let go of whatever was before. And so like you of, said too, you, that we want to look powerful. Mm-hmm. Like we want to be mm-hmm. seen as powerful. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in our vulnerable states, we hide or we mm-hmm. close off. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, yeah, I think we want to look good. We want to, look like everything's put together. I think a lot of that is, again, you know, what we put out in the world, what's out in the world. And especially like with my birth work, that's a lot of it. It's like, Mm. what should a typical, you know, for women, it's really challenging because um, they're kind of told this is what your birth should look like. Mm. And, and, you know, I, I actually was introduced to doula work a number of years ago. My friend had, was pregnant and, this is before I even knew what a doula was. Mm-hmm. And she, she What'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> she uh she was pregnant and I, so I was just talking to her about her pregnancy and she said, Yeah, you know, I'm you know, going all natural. I'm not gonna have any medication, not medicated birth. And she said, I don't really tell anybody that because I get so many people telling me like what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so it it started to plant the seed in terms of the challenges that are out there in terms of how you should be, what you should be doing, the messages you receive on the programming that you're, that you receive throughout your entire life, what it should look like, like what your life should look like. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so many people walking through this world that are following these orders or following this script that somebody else wrote for them. Right. Right. And they're so lost in figuring out what their script for themselves is. And uh, I think that's one of the things that I love about birth work is being able to work with clients to support them in identifying what is the birth of their choice. Mm-hmm. You know, how do they want to, and not only that, but also for me is to be able to support them in bringing a baby in the world with love and kindness mm-hmm. and unconditional love and peace and harmony. And you know, what's interesting is when you say, when you spoke into like how people have these expectations of what life should look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like what that brings me to is that whole ideology of like what's right and wrong. Mm. And if there's a right and a wrong, then there is a perfect way to live your life, you know? And yeah. I feel like my dad always had that perspective of like, okay, you're going to go to college, you get your degree. Once you get your degree, mm-hmm. you'll get your real job. When you get your mm-hmm. real job, you find a woman, have kids, have your yes. house. And, oh, and that's like your pretty little cookie American cutter. family. Yes. <laughs> yes. American dream. There we go. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and, uh, and I definitely didn't take that route. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was a serial entrepreneur very early. Um, and I was just a lover of life and I wanted Amazing. to travel and experience, you know, and, and I remember, uh, I had some feedback from one of my aunts and my grandmother where, and my dad says this too, sometimes of like, oh man, 
I gave you too much freedom as a kid. Mm. And, wow. and for me, like, you know, on the surface level, I gave you too much freedom as a kid can be just taken as like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I don't, well, what does that mean really? Mm-hmm. So there is no surface level really. What does that imply? Mm, to me, right. what it implies is that who I am right now is not okay. Mm-hmm. And if who I am right now is not okay, and I gave you too much freedom as a kid, it's like what you're implying is that I'm a mess up, I'm a fuck up, or mm-hmm. you know, the way that mm-hmm. I'm living my life is not in a way that's okay, or you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there's like a resistance. And who am I supposed to be? Like, that's the question I would think is, who am, then who am I supposed to be then? Right, right. And you know, and I, and I asked the question like, hey, are you, are you proud of who I am right now and mm. what I'm doing in my life? Yeah, then you didn't give me enough, you know, too much freedom because it occurred to this point now of who I am now and I'm a functional person in society Mm. working and contributing and you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. um what are we implying by when we want to change the past Mm -hmm. yeah right yeah and you know question I think of is I think of in the sense of I wonder if that is also about your dad and Mm. how the expectations that he has feels on himself about who he is as a father and you know what I'm saying like that that like that almost like ripple effect, you know, in the sense of what parents are supposed to produce. Right. Like there's an expectation mm-hmm. for them as a, as a parent yeah, to be yeah. a certain way or to have produced a certain type of result, way, result for mm-hmm. their children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. So then it's like identifying as a winner or a failure as a parent based mm-hmm. on what your child's pre- results are. Yeah. And I think of that in the sense of the right and the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I think about it, like, you know, are there kids who are living a very luxurious life, maybe multimillion dollar families and, they, you know, they're catered to and mm-hmm. is that right or wrong versus the kid who's got to walk five miles to grab water for their families, mm-hmm. you know, um, and everything in between. Mm, yeah you know because yeah. i mean and and is there really a right or wrong way no because yeah. i feel like as as we grow up as we age we'll find our way yeah i i mean i yes i think so i yeah. think we're all finding our way back to that yeah like very innocent child self the the one that wasn't thrown all the expectations or <laughs> <laughs> who i should be and i relate i relate a little bit to your story in the sense that you know well in the sense of I followed the path of like, this is what I should be doing. Mm. And it took me a while to start to unravel some of that to figure out, actually, I don't, you know, I don't need to have this traditional life. And mm. I played around with trying non-traditional things. And I was like, I really like this. <laughs> this works for me. <laughs> yeah, this works for me. Yeah. And yeah, it's interesting reflecting back on that and, mm. and how, you know, this is, this is the path that you take and this, what, what, what you're told right? and being able to go against that. I think that's, to me, that's the visionary part. Yeah, It's going against the grain of what society or what you've been told. And my dad always taught me growing up, if you want to be successful, watch the masses and do mm. the opposite. Mm. You know what I mean? It's almost like you want to be the sore yeah. thumb. You want to be the oddball out. Sure. You know? um, sure. There's almost pride in that. People see you when you are daring. Yes. Daring to dream, daring mm-hmm. to risk, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. daring to go for whatever mm-hmm. you're afraid to go for normally. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whew, and it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. Like, it, like, for me, it brings a little knot in my stomach every time. Hmm. Every time. What part? What part of my stomach? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, part of that brings you uh, a little bit of tension. Well, because, I mean... 
there's hmm, well criticism uh-huh. you know i mean it's it's there's so many haters out there so it's <laughs> you know it's kind of like you're going i mean anytime you're going against the stream of things and yeah it's like so um i've read a lot of brene brown's work incredible mm-hmm. um i don't have you um gotten uh, into her work not as deeply oh okay so there's a whole nother i'm in- interested oh okay go ahead <laughs> i just didn't want to speak okay i didn't want to speak on something you were you know no, go ahead. already yeah, dived into share. um i mean she speaks to a lot of this and one of my um she wrote a book called daring greatly and mm. i love it because i mean that's what she's speaking to it's and she bases it on um the fdr quote um about daring greatly and it's about the man standing in the arena mm. And it's, it's not the, you know, triumphant one. It's actually the one who continues to go into the arena time Mm. after time after time and is, yeah. And is, you know, uh, scarred and um, bloody and Mm. just constantly um, going into the arena. That's the hardest part of it, you know, is going into it because you know what you're going, you know, you've been there before right? and you kind of know what to expect. And I, and I think that's the hard part is that you know what to expect and it's letting go of those expectations. Right. Which kind of goes back to matching other people up to our expectations mm-hmm. and how we've already predicted mm-hmm. the outcome. And maybe mm-hmm. we haven't predicted the outcome, but instead produced it mm. based on our expectations. Yeah, for sure. It's almost like a paradox. Like what came yeah. first, my assessment of it, or okay. it was yeah. going to happen anyways. Yeah. And so I predicted it. Yeah. You know? Chicken egg. <laughs> yeah, chicken, chicken egg. egg. Exactly. Chicken egg. Yeah. But, uh, and she also speaks to about the gifts, like perfection society. Hmm. And gifts of imperfection, and how can we embrace imperfection? Yeah, and let go of perfection. Because um, what is perfection? Because again, yeah. it goes back to there's an ideal standard mm-hmm. of what's right, mm-hmm. and perfection is as close to that standard mm-hmm. as possible. Because even if, even when we talk about averages, right, we're just saying okay, out of 100 percent of human beings, 70 percent exhibit this trait. Therefore, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then anything what else, about everybody else is like, oh, that's a mental disorder mm-hmm. or that's a physical disorder. Mm-hmm. You know, but what if that's right and 70, 70% of people are abnormal, mm-hmm. if you will? Or mm-hmm. what, why not? Why make it an abnormal? Why isn't it just we're all different and mm-hmm. unique? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we are. That's the funny part is <laughs> yeah. that we are all different and unique. Right. We're, there's like no one person that is the same. Right. And I was just, I was just doing leadership training, um, in California actually. And mm. I was mentioning to the group, I was like, this is the only time that all of you will be here mm. this time right now doing this, at this very moment at in time, moment, right. like everything before and after changes us. It, right. it informs who we are and transforms who we are. And so you can never, we are unique individuals. And I think that's, you know, by following that, idea of perfectionism. I just had this conversation with my client about this. You know, I asked her that question, what's perfect? Mm-hmm. And it was the same. It was like, oh, I never really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. What is perfect? Well, you know, what's funny is, you know, just like what you said, it's almost like labeling. Like when we, uh, concepts, we have concepts that are really labels and what a label is, mm-hmm. uh, at least the way that I have it framed is it's a, it's like a, a concept, a word or an idea with, uh, conditions that are presumed. Mm. They're assumed. Mm-hmm. It's an assumption. The, all, the, all the conditions that meet that label is an assumption. Mm-hmm. And when we actually mm-hmm. start to question and dive deeper and understand what it is that it really truly means, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. redefine 
what that concept means or what that word means. And all of a sudden we have a new relationship to how we interact with that. Mm. Does mm. that make oh, absolutely. <laughs> totally does. I'm just, yeah, I'm really absorbing that because it is, it's so true. There's so many, there's so many ways of um, applying that, I mm. think, in the sense, you know, I think, and I think that comes to the self-awareness piece because I think you have to be ready to be willing to see that. Mm. I don't know. I think you have to be ready to like willing to see that there's something else other than what you already know. Something outside of what you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, and, and speaking into that, what I, <laughs> what it comes up for me is, is uh, you know, we, we used to know nothing at one point and then mm -hmm. we had to learn from others and learn information to then know that it's a truth mm -hmm. but then once we know that information when new information is presented mm -hmm. it's like we want to nope that's not true because i already have the truth yeah but the truth is you came from nothing learned this concept so why not continue mm -hmm. growing and learn this next concept too mm -hmm. because that's just the future of society that's mm -hmm. the future of knowledge and learning mm -hmm. is growing you know mm -hmm. and i think it's recognizing that the basis of who we are is that you know one of my favorite I wouldn't necessarily say this is a yoga teaching or anything, but mm -hmm. it's something that I learned through my practice of yoga is like change is the only constant in life. Uh -huh. And it's been the best way for me to move through some of those changes and to be receptive to what you're talking about is right. like when I get new information, when I get new information about myself or something that I don't know or new information about this person, mm -hmm. how can I shift what I already knew about them mm -hmm. and recognizing that change is the only constant right. in our life. And, and that's what I think of is, hmm. is, um, being, being open and embracing that. Um, I, I, you know, it'd be interesting to see a world that, I don't know. Do you think that we have a world that embraces that? Um, you know, it's interesting is I don't, I don't believe in any absolutes. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say that we have a world that is one or the other. Mm -hmm. I would say that both exist yeah. in different proportions, mm -hmm. you know, and it just depends on what we're choosing to look at yeah okay are we looking for the good or are we looking for who's messing up mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know and we'll i feel like we'll see whatever we're trained to see or whatever we're training ourselves to see mm -hmm. you know yeah. like like my background when i went to school and growing up was film production and i i was now trained to see film in the eyes of production and so from that moment on, mm -hmm. once I learned those, once I, once those, that came to my awareness. Mm -hmm. Now, when I watched a movie, I couldn't get lost in the storyline of who Arthur is and who he's relating to and right. who he's making love with or, you know, sleeping with or cheating on. For me, it was like, cool, cut. How many people are in the background of that set? Yeah, you know what you're I mean? like, like analyzing the whole, well, not analyzing, yeah, but like looking at everything and being it, like, sure. Okay, I noticed this. I noticed yeah. that. I can't even enjoy the movie now yeah. because it's all well, in my head. I can enjoy it from a different perspective. Mm, Does that yes. make sense? I'm, yeah. I'm sitting there going, hmm, how did they get that take? How did yeah. they produce that? How did they create that special effect? Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, so the awareness kind of shifts the way that I see things. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what I'm conditioned to look for, am I looking for the good in people or the bad in people? Oh, yeah, that's deep. Mm. That's deep. And I think, you know, I keep going back to this self-awareness. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's having the self-awareness of recognizing that because I think it's it's being able to recognize that we can hold multiple perspectives. We can hold multiple truths, truths mm -hmm. and that we there are multiple truths in the world and it's honoring that. Mm. 
I think, I think that's the, the process of elevating our consciousness and, and moving us into a direction of like greater connection with, right. with everyone right. is, is seeing all of that and accepting differences. Yeah. Accepting differences. And, um, I think it would, it would help us or maybe even beyond accepting celebrating differences. Mm, yeah. Celebrating, mm-hmm. yeah. acknowledging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it would it'd be interesting to see that. I think we're on a trajectory of that. Mm. We're on a, we're evolving continuously. I mm-hmm. mean, that change is the only constant that I think of. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, going back to visionary living and living Mm -hmm. out of a vision versus the circumstances that are given to us. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know if there was a personal story that you had that you wanted to share where you kind of used your vision of the end result to overcome the circumstances uh, in your life or whatever Mm -hmm. someone told you that you couldn't do or or could do or your limitations were, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I don't know if you had one prepared or if not. (laughs) How long do you have? Uh, we, uh, we have some time. Yeah, we have some friends. No, there's so many stories I think of. Um, and, and I'd also like to invite anyone who's live with us right now. If you guys have any personal questions yeah. that you'd like us to speak mm-hmm. into, please feel free to uh, type that into the comments of the chat, and we'll go ahead and address that. Now's a good time for that. Um, but you know, if you if you have your story that you want to speak into, I'd love to connect that to the podcast. You know, mm-hmm. and what the the purpose of the podcast truly is. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many stories. I'm thinking about where to start. Um, you know, I'll I'll actually I'll go quite a few years ago. Um, I'll think about one in particular, um, and there's a couple of other stories I think about. But um, so I'm trying to think how many years ago it was five five years ago. Hmm. Yeah, five years ago. Um, so on a lone, on a cold night, on a cold, five on a, years well, ago, on a cold San Francisco night. Well, it wasn't really cold. <laughs> I was actually in Santa Barbara. So, um, it was about, yeah, five years ago. I, um, was, um, in a relationship mm-hmm. with someone for about six years and we were living together. We went to a wedding. I'd gone to many weddings before mm-hmm. and I had always seen the father daughter dance and I'd never like to, to back up, give context. Mm-hmm. Um, my relationship with me and my father was very, it was, it was non-existent. It mm. was very toxic. It was very distant, disconnected mm-hmm. in many ways. Um, and, uh, I decided, I made a decision seven years before that to cut him out of my life, to completely just mm-hmm. not talk to him anymore. And, um, just thought, you know, that was the best way to move forward. Right. And, um, so I was at this wedding and had been to other weddings in that time with this person who I thought, you know, this is my person. This the is one. who I'm going to, this is the one, mm-hmm. this is who I'm going to marry. And I'm watching this father daughter dance. And for some reason, just this voice kind of, or this like thought came to me and I thought, Hmm, I think you get to heal your relationship with your father mm. before you move forward with this man next to you. Mm. And so that thought came to me and I, had made a decision. That's what I was going to do because I was so self-awareness, self-awareness. Yeah. Self-awareness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there was, yeah, exactly. There was self-awareness there to, to, to listen, right. to actually listen to that voice because right. we all have that intuitive voice within us. Right. And we sometimes don't hear it or mm. we sometimes choose to ignore it, choose to ignore it or doubt listen it. Ego first. Yeah. Doubt it. Mm. Ego. Exactly. And so, um, 
yeah. So then about a week later though, uh, we go, you know, we're back from the wedding and he basically walks out the door Hmm. and ends our relationship Hmm. and is like, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. And that was, you know, that's another story, but, um, and so that was, you know, that was kind of tumultuous in the sense of like having to live with this person, having this, you know, expectation about moving forward where you're going. Yeah, exactly. And, and excuse me. And then I had actually signed up to do a yoga teacher training, uh, and it was starting in a few months. Hmm. And I still had that thought in my head to heal my relationship with my father. Right. And so even though I wasn't in this relationship anymore, anymore, there was no possibility at that mm-hmm. time, or mm-hmm. I thought there was no possibility for it to, you know, happen. I still had that thought, like, mm-hmm. you know, that feeling I should heal this relationship. Like I get to do that. Mm-hmm. That's something I thought about and I don't need to give up on that just because I don't have this relationship. And I'd already been on a path of self-discovery and self-awareness and doing a lot of different work around that. And so I went through my yoga teacher training in the middle of it. And I called him up on Thanksgiving that year, Mm. five years ago. And uh, it was the best conversation we had in 35 years. And yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's how old I was at the time. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's a long time. Yeah. To not have a good relationship. Yeah. And not to have the, yeah, like the loving, uh, connected relationship right. with somebody who brought you into the world. Yeah. And so from that, that inspired me to do a lot of other things and to connect with family members more deeply and mm. to really be more connected to family and um, to do this actual work mm. of healing mm. and ancestral healing Yeah. and self-love work. And so from that, it just kind of unfolded into all these other other things and actually in the in my yoga teacher training which i signed up for not to actually be a yoga teacher i signed up purely just so i could have a personal practice and to dive deeper into it nothing wrong with that yeah (laughs) and so but in that process it was oh i have this you know there's these things that i'm noticing about myself like really wanting to go down this healing path and and be you know i don't like to use that healer term because i think we're all healers i'm not like a healer but how can I be a conduit of healing? How can I support people in healing? How can mm-hmm. I support people through their transitions of life, through mm-hmm. their journeys, their journeys, personal journeys. Yeah. Their personal journeys. And so that was, that was one, one of the, one of the ways that really started to get the trajectory of it going pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of other things unfolded and uh, it, it actually brought me, I was in San Francisco at the time mm-hmm. and it brought me back to Florida a year ago. One of, one of the, you know, one of the ways like to be able to go down this path of healing and connecting more with family. And so I have a relationship with my mom now that's healed Mm. and loving and so much, so much more open than it ever has been before. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's it's a, yeah, thank you. And Mm -hmm. uh, so that was the vision. And then the vision was heal the relationship with father that you kind of stepped into. Yeah. Yeah, that was the vision. Yeah, that was the vision. You know, I noticed, um, you know, in the work that I do, you know, with development, self-development, leadership training, um, a lot of it also does stem from patterns, human behavior patterns. Mm-hmm. And like you said, ancestral healing, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I speak into uh, epigenetics mm-hmm. and there's like a whole experiment with rats also that, I, you know, maybe I'll share in another time where mm-hmm. it, it actually passed down our traumas. We passed down our fears. We passed down our mm-hmm. beliefs all in our DNA structure. Yep. 
you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so what patterns did I pick up from my, my dad or my mom with relating to men and women in the world or with mm -hmm. relating to sexuality or with relating to finances or with relating to anything really, mm -hmm. you know, what mm -hmm. patterns did I, I pick up because as a child um, or as a teenager or what have you, I'm going through life and I'm looking at people who are successful or people who I admire mm -hmm. or just people in general with, in order for me to learn as to what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. like the, what I should do what's the mm -hmm. expectation you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and so uh, I'll pick up the behavior patterns that I like or that I admire or that gets the result that I want to attain mm -hmm. and then I'll reject those uh, behaviors or those people that exhibit traits that I don't want or that I don't like or that I, I have my own traumas with and my own negative experiences mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. yes you like rats <laughs> I love the rats <laughs> Well, you know what's interesting? It's like a rat story. All but the experiments no, like a, are rats, well, man. They, no, they are. They are. They are. They are all. Yes, all of the experiments are rats. But yeah. I read something actually. It, they did. Um, I think it was in the New Yorker. I read it about a um, community. Mm, I can't remember what country it was, hmm. but um, it was talking about the famine. Might have been Ireland. Hmm. Um, and how it wasn't the generation. How it skipped the generation. It wasn't the yes. generation that exhibited traits of of the famine. Mm -hmm. So there was a generation that experienced famine and then the next generation, there was no famine. Right. And then the generation after that. So the grandkids right. actually started to behave like they were in a fam famine. Oh, so wow. scarcity and it was very, and it was speaking to that epigenetics that yeah. like it's passed down and it was the environment that the context in which they were living, right. which kind of determined their how they were showing up in the world what were they were doing their right, actions right, right, right. and I think also our thoughts you know like oh I don't have enough food yet there's plenty of food there's abundance of food right um and I think yeah there's so much there's so much of that I think that's where I've really gotten into the ancestral healing is is noticing what are the patterns mm -hmm. you know and one of the things I really did a lot of work with is like my maternal lineage and mm -hmm. really taking a look at that and identifying what were the patterns that my mother, my grandmother, my great grandmother and noticing like, Oh, that's self-awareness thing, you know, right. going back to what are those patterns within me? How do I notice that it showed up in my other family members right. and, and being able to break some of those. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's, that's also part of the, the vision as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's, that's the original vision I believe mm -hmm. that I, that I had a long time ago. Right. And that is, I feel like for me, it was that vision that, there were a lot of other things that shot off of that, you know, mm -hmm. like all these other little branches that shot off of that. One of those was how can I reconnect, have a healing relation, healed relationship with my father? How right. can I reconnect with other people? How can I actually share this? And um, how can I have more self-love for myself or like connect with myself in, mm -hmm. in those ways? Um, knowing that those weren't things that I saw my mother, grandmother, great grandmother do in their lives. So right. I think that, you know, going back to your question in terms of like, what was the vision? I think really the vision was breaking the, breaking the, breaking the channel, like breaking the history right. that had come before me and being able to shift that, shift all those, you know, conversations yeah, that like, you're stuck in. Yeah. Be whatever. the rat that doesn't yeah. do, doesn't, yeah, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't do the do same, same thing, thing over and over and over yeah. again. Right. Not in the rat wheel, <laughs> you know, just I'm yeah. going to jump off of the rat wheel right now and, um, go in the playground instead because there's more things to do. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. 
Well, that's awesome. Well, so, okay. So we're in the last like nine minutes of the podcast mm-hmm. that we have uh, for you guys today. Um, and so I just kind of like, you know, want to f- say first, thank you for everybody who's mm-hmm. watching today. Um, I think that it's, it's powerful and it's awesome. Um, there would be no value to us recording ourselves talking and having stimulating conversations if there weren't other people watching um, giving feedback or creating value from it for themselves. So um, as we talk about self-illumination, you know, I want you guys to, to kind of take it in and, and how can you apply these conversations for yourself? Um, where uh, is self-illumination lacking for you? Where could you highlight some behavior patterns and some reactivity and some, um, some ancestral patterns? Like what, what is, what's got you? What's the lifestyle that you really want to generate and what's stopping you from having it happen? And if it's as easy uh, for you to, if it's so easy for you to say, oh, well, it's, it's traffic or it's, it's work or it's, you know, and you keep pointing outside of yourself. Well, then I, I, really, I firmly believe that you'll always stay a victim to the, the circumstances around you. But if you can truly see how I am generating the results in my life based on mm-hmm. how I'm being about based on my expectations, you know, and, and if I have an expectation, maybe I'm already now in reactive mode and I'm not, you know, it's not see, I told you so, but it's no see, I made it happen. Mm. So what is mm-hmm. the life that you guys want and where, where can you illuminate your behavior patterns? What are some automatic things that are happening for you? Um, and if you could get off of your automatic, it starts with illumination. So what, what do you want to illuminate for yourself? And not to say it as in it's bad. Are your patterns bad? No, they work for you. The reason you have patterns in the first place is because you learned or we learned that it, it uh, supports in keeping us safe. It supports in uh, making sure that we're in control of the variables in our life. It supports in being right about our expectations. It supports in some way, shape, or form, but it may not be congruent with the life that you want, the life of your vision. So that not that it's a bad thing. It's not bad to be on automatic behavior patterns. There's a reason they're there. There's a reason that that software was installed in the first place. But now that we are uh, raising our level of consciousness, raising our awareness, if we want to have leadership, we want to have power, right? Then we'll, what, what can, how can we re- negotiate the definition, the way that we define those concepts, the way that we define those behaviors, or where we apply them, instead of understanding that those automatics work um, for me, and then so put them everywhere. What, where can we say those automatics work here to produce the results I want, but not here. So when I'm in this position, then what can I do differently to have a different result? Um, and I don't know if we have any uh, feedback that you want to speak into. <laughs> Um, Gia, hi Gia. Thank you so much for watching. Um, when I take a risk, I usually succeed and it's exciting. Yes, it is. Mm. My go-to is to be safe, practical, conservative, etc. This is a family pattern. Mm. Oh, thank you so much Gia for sharing and for putting that out there. That's deep. Yeah. I mean, just to connect with that and to be safe. Yes. The family pattern of being safe. And what that brings up for me is like, uh, you know, when people are not willing to risk mm-hmm. and when we do risk, what can we produce? But mm-hmm. because we'd rather be safe or comfortable or 
right where we're at, we won't risk. And if we don't risk, how would we know if we were ever able yeah. to do it or not? Yeah. I, and I, gee, I connect with that so much. There was so much safety in my family dynamics, mm. you know, and safe my, you know, my mom stayed with a man who uh, was very violent towards her and mm. all of us. Mm-hmm. And just, just because her vision was to have a family. And we had a great conversation mm-hmm. the other day about it. You know, it was so, it was so beautiful for her to share. Like, she was just trying to create the family of her dreams and it was being safe, not taking the risk, mm-hmm. you know, and there's so many things. I, I was in a toxic job situation and I could have stayed in that job to be safe. Mm-hmm. And I chose to leave it without another job. I took the risk of, mm-hmm. um, not having of income of stability right. and not knowing, Oh my gosh, somebody's going to know that I have this gap in my employment and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved from San Francisco to here without anything and drove across country, not knowing where I was going to land. Right. And That's cool. yeah. And just, and having a friend who said, Hey, do you want to, how's it going? And I'm thinking, Oh, I don't know where to land. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> kind of scary, but that turned into me being able to stay with her for a week and it led to one thing to another. And I, I think, you know, that being safe is so, it holds us back so much mm-hmm. and being able to take the risk is it's huge, but the rewards are so incredible mm-hmm. to have faith and, and know that you, your, your desires for what you want are and going to happen. And you know what that brings up for me is I remember having this conversation with a friend of mine um, and his name's Paul, actually, good friend of mine. Um, and I remember when I first moved from Atlanta, Georgia to Florida, and you know what, what actually had me move was leadership. You know, after doing my leadership program in Florida, I decided to move there and step into like training development and get certified and whatever I had to, to then do this work. You know what I mean? And uh, in my transition from Atlanta to Florida, you know, uh, I was talking with Paul and Paul was like, oh, I understand. You know, um, you sometimes have to let go of good things for better things, you know? Mm. And I had to stop for that because it really made me think. And after going through my leadership perspective, I was listening and thinking from a whole different like area. And I told him and I said, listen, you know, if I thought like that, I would rip apart my, my heart and my brain going back and forth, back and forth as to which one was better. Because mm-hmm. if, if in comparison, moving to Florida, now I'm just comparing this opportunity to that one. And if this one's better than that one, then I'll always consider what I let go of. Mm-hmm. But what I had to do was shift my mindset. My mindset was whether I stayed in Atlanta or I moved to Florida, whatever I create is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not losing anything from walking away from Atlanta. I'm only creating in the domain of Florida when I moved to Florida. And if I decide to move back to Atlanta or move to New York or LA or whatever, then when I create there, I will create amazing because what I create, Mm. but I'm Mm -hmm. not losing anything because I didn't step in that direction. Mm -hmm. I didn't go that way. And that's standing in the place of power and responsibility. Absolutely. And I think that's what we're talking about is like being able to stand in that place of power and see how you can create your reality, future, your reality, your present and future rather than living from the past and living in all these things that came before you. But mm-hmm. actually, no, you get a chance to, to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So thank you, Lynn. I saw a comment from you. Uh, thank you for your comment and engagement. Um, thank you everyone for watching. 
Um, so uh, I just want to say thank you, Keegan. It's been some really awesome conversation. The conversation has been stimulating. I think we took it deep. We talked about all kinds of different ways to relate. Um, and hopefully we opened up a lot of perspective for people who are watching and, and who continue to watch because I'll be posting all of this in, uh, up on social media platforms and channels from iHeartRadio, iTunes, um, you name it, SoundCloud, YouTube. So it'll be out there. This content's going to be out there for people to watch and it's going to be exposed so that you know people can create um, uh, value from that. And in the years to come, my, my whole goal and my purpose is that this continues to be heard by the next generations after that. Mm -hmm. um, and that we can kind of, like you said, as a ripple effect, continue to impact and contribute to people. So um, thank you for your insight. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank it, you. This was enjoyable. Right. Great morning conversation. Yeah. I'm ready for my day. <laughs> Who else? Yeah. So all of you guys, if anyone else is interested in joining my podcast, uh, please reach out to me. Please connect with me. Um, I'd love to have you on the show. It's early, you know, 7.30, uh, 7.45 in the morning till about 8.30 we, we'll go. So um, we'll have a great conversation, have some coffee, maybe some breakfast together, um, whatever works. You know, I'm all about human connection in that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, also, I just want to give a shout out to my laugh as a ringtone. So if you want to uh, go on iTunes store and just search Rico's laugh, it's only $1.29 um, and you get my laugh. <laughs> It sounds like uh, Desi Arnaz, Ricky Ricardo. Um, <laughs> so and, uh, and yeah, so I just wanted to shout out the, the iTunes, the podcast, Visionary Living, and then last but not least, my workshop, uh, Successful Awareness, which I'll be hosting here in Aventura. Uh, and the next uh, intro date is uh, July 6th. It's a Saturday at 11 a.m. And it's a three-hour workshop. And that's a prelude to the actual workshop date, July 20th. Um, which is also going to be held here in Aventura. And then I don't know if you wanted to shout out anything that you do that you want people to know about that's going on in your world real quick as we close. Oh man, so many things, <laughs> so many things. Um, well, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, I teach yoga. So you're welcome to come to any of my classes at Red Pearl Yoga. And on Monday I teach, actually today is Monday, I teach meditation at Zen Mind Space, an incredible center that is integrative health. So um, connecting to acupuncturists, massage therapists, meditation, yoga, counseling, therapy, all sorts of things. Amazing thing. And then if you ever want to work with me, you can just call me up, uh, reach out to me on Facebook. I uh, love to work with individuals on having them break through and um, live the life of their dreams. Awesome. I'm so honored to have had you on my, oh, my podcast. I'm seriously. super honored to be here. Oh, Rico, I think so highly of you. So this was like such an enjoyable conversation. Thanks for having me. Thank I really you, appreciate it. I love you. I love yeah. you all. Um, have a wonderful morning and uh, stay tuned next Monday for our Visionary Living podcast. I have another guest joining me um, and uh, I'll be revealing that this week. All right. So uh, take care, everyone, and I'll talk to you guys soon.